We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We welcome you to the Field of 68 After Dark, tipping off Final Four week here on this Monday night, March the 27th, 2023. I'm John Fanta, and we are so excited to bring you wall-to-wall coverage this week. It will transition to Houston, the home of the Final Four, beginning on Wednesday evening. And these guys will be with us. Matt McCall is here. Randolph Childress is here, our producer, Dagan Hughes. And fellas, let's get it rolling. Here we go. A year ago, we were doing this show, Randolph Childress. I remember starting the final four week with you, and and we had no shortage, no shortage of of the big brand buzz. We had Kansas, Villanova, North Carolina, and Duke. And as we sit here tonight, Florida Atlantic University, San Diego State University, the University of Connecticut, and Miami, They are our final four. So I ask you this right off the top, RC. Your reaction to this final four is what? I'm happy for it. I I, I really am. I'm happy for it. I'm not one of these guys that say I'm not any less excited than I was this one than as I was last year. Now, for the casual fan, they probably are. But, I mean, they're probably a little disappointed thinking that, you know, with the floor of Blue Bloods we had a year ago. But. I'm I'm perfectly happy with it. I, I I everyone's here deserving of it, and all four have a legitimate shot at winning this thing. So I'm I'm happy for every, for all four schools involved, and it wouldn't you know I wouldn't you know turn my nose down to a quote unquote mid major winning a national championship. I think we're at these times right now. Yeah, I, I'm with RC. I mean, I, I think this is the parody in college basketball. I think this was this year. Like there was no clear-cut number one team in the country, you know, throughout the course of the season, even going back to November and December. I mean, think about how many different number one teams in the country we had. And this was the path that we were going down and we could see it, we could feel it. uh, And that's where we're at. And that's why this tournament this year has been so much fun to watch. And, you know, you look at these teams that have made it to this point and even going into Houston, you know, you can say UConn's the favorite, but man, it's it's hard to even say that. You don't know what's going to transpire in these games and who's going to play the best. I mean, I thought the article that Matt Norlander wrote today too uh, about Dusty May and his rise in Florida Atlantic. The guy almost backed out of the job, <laughs> and now he's sitting here in the Final Four uh, at a place that doesn't have the resources that these other schools have, and that's 
That's what makes this tournament the best is it doesn't matter that, that throw those things out. The team that performs and plays the best and, you know, is the most unselfish and plays yes. the hardest is going to win this tournament. And that's, that's where we're sitting right now. It's, and it's unbelievable. Fancy. I mean, add this, you know, the other thing I'd say is no one, no one complains when we watch football and it's the same, like I can tell you right now, next year's FBS is going to be <laughs> Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, LSU or Auburn or one of Auburn, one of those schools with an Oklahoma, may, maybe like maybe an Oklahoma, maybe USC and Oklahoma, yes, Notre Dame, Clemson. Like it's like eight schools, and that's it. So yes. stop it. So anybody sitting here talking this nonsense, I don't want to hear it. Basketball is in a far better place because I don't want to hear that because you don't get tired of football, and it's the same damn teams every year, every year, every year. The well, bigger, I'm faster, stronger team. It. I'm glad you both said it off the top because I'll extend it right now. The last four final fours, okay? That's 16 teams. It's been 16 different college hoops programs. None of this repeat <laughs> stuff. We're, we've seen 16 different schools. Yeah. And this year is a direct reflection of the climate of the sport. And if you're going to call it March Madness, don't just be okay with it for one weekend. Right. Oftentimes, college basketball's postseason has actually gotten criticized. And I'll say this. I, I understand this argument of, well, early upsets sometimes lead to blowouts later in the tournament. Not this tournament. UConn has run through everybody. That doesn't matter if it's upset or not. That They're their own case. But in the Elite Eight round, in the Elite Eight round with the non-traditional brands, we saw three games decided by seven points or less. Two of the games, Creighton-San Diego State and Florida Atlantic-Kansas State, were decided on the final possession of the game. Yep. And the seven-point game was one of the wildest comebacks we've seen, and I think the as good of a game as any in the tournament in Miami's comeback over Texas. But this should be celebrated. Jim Laranega said it earlier today. He said it so well. He said, look, I understand that fans in college basketball identify with certain programs. So he said, you probably don't want this every single year. But guess what? We won't see this every single year. You will see that some of the heavy hitters get back in there in some way, shape, or form. But for now, this is proof that if you don't follow the entire sport in December, January, and February, you're missing out. These teams didn't get lucky or the ball, the bounce of the ball got them here or they came out of nowhere. Like, we're talking about a 35-3 and Florida Atlantic program. We're talking about a 31-6 and San Diego State program. I don't think I've ever seen Randolph a team from the Atlantic Coast Conference that made the Elite Eight a year ago now produced some sort of surprise. Folks, right. Miami's backcourt's as good as any in America. Like, Randolph, does it surprise you that the Hurricanes are standing? No. And, you know, I've been I've been adamant about that for quite some time, you know, about what they're capable of. And when they're playing well, they can beat anybody. They they We always talk about guard play can get you here. No one has better guard play in depth than those guys have. And so... It's not surprising at all. I mean, I, I don't get it, John. We talked about that. I, I don't think we're going to go back to some of the old ways that everybody's thinking. Like, this this isn't like a fad. First, the, the, the 
next year you're going to have another year the very same thing the COVID year we're already see the announcements coming back marquee names and guys are coming back yep. major major shift but you know kudos to those guys but the reason I say this and, and I you know I welcome you guys opinion on it why I say it's going to change is look at what's happening with North Carolina as well Matt years ago for the, so many years guys would go to those blue bloods and go to those schools and just sit and wait their turn those days are over they're not doing that anymore they're not going to your blue bloods just to say hey I'm happy to be here and I'm gonna wait my turn those guys are going somewhere and they're going to you know mid-major schools and they're and they're playing and I and I don't think you're ever gonna get that 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 quality of depth that some of these high major programs that that you're accustomed to if you're an older fan. Them days are long gone, and they're not coming back. RC, I couldn't agree more. I mean, here's the thing, too. The transfer portal now is popular. Because of social media, it's popular to see verbal commits say, Matt McCall has entered the transfer portal. Like It's a, it's a popular thing. So that's why nobody's <laughs> waiting their turn. Like no, no, Nobody's, hey, I'm going here. I'm going to sit out. I'm going to, I'm going to develop. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better. Like I even look back at in 2014 uh, on the final four run that we had um, at Florida that we lost to UConn. Like a lot of those guys that were seniors and they were older, they waited their turn. They're not doing it anymore. Casey Prather waited his turn. He, he waited. Nobody's doing that because now it's popular to go in the portal. It's popular. And, And now guys are doing it two and three times and, you know, what can I get? What can I get? Like, what can I gain from this? And the clock hits zero for these coaches. And Fanta, you you know, in the group chat, you sent Greg McDermott's message. And I thought that was an unbelievable message. And then, you know, in his locker room after that game, but man, there's nothing fun about it for coaches right now. Once it hits zero, once it's over, man, it's especially from now or when your season ended March 1st, whenever it may be from now until May, middle of May is miserable because you don't know. And you can have a guy that you think's bought in that, man, when you get that text message, hey, coach, can we meet? That's it. And, and it's no, just... and Matt, Matt, you don't even get that. They don't have to talk to you. There's yeah. one phone yeah. call, one text. I, I've known programs where the compliance office so called the coaches say hey so and so John Fanta just called in and said he wanted to put it you know in there in, in the transfer portal like you don't even have to meet anymore you just can say hey I'm gone yeah, mm. yeah it's well, needs to change there it's not it's can't that genie that, that that's out the bottle that genie's out the bottle it's not going to change and I think the other thing that the most underrated thing that's added to this is you have now allowed agents in locker rooms and that's that's a game changer. You you're allowing age because now people talk about, you know, the, the conversation we're talking about, you know, it's legal now. They're already in your locker room. So there's nothing for me to say, hey, you know, hey, you know, uh, John, I, I got a I'm already calling around. I've already have established relationships with with other programs, other coaches. So it's already done. It's already in play. So you damn right. There's 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 communication behind the scenes with everybody else because they got representation now, and and that representation is gonna find them money. It makes them money. It's just a, it's a no brainer. It's gonna happen. So you're kidding yourselves if you don't if you don't believe that to be the case. Hmm. Here's my question to to you. I'll start with you, Coach. Do you believe 
that any of these four can hoist the trophy a week from tonight. <laughs> do I believe? What do you mean? Do I believe it's going to happen? Yes. You're, you're darn I'm right. Saying, I believe. I'm saying that that anybody has a case here, or do you think this is UConn's to lose? Oh no! I mean, I think UConn's played the best up to this point in time. But again, this has been a, a crazy tournament with unbelievable storylines. UConn's a clear-cut favorite, and as they should be with what they've done and how they've played, they should be. But now, once we get to Houston, it's anybody's game. It, it really is, and they've got they've got to perform at the level that 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 be performed. And man, I, the comeback that Miami had the other night, you know. You look at what Miller did in that game. I mean, he he was at George Mason early in his career. You could see how talented he was and how good of a player he was. But to do to perform the way he did in that game and the comeback that they had and what a great story for UConn's got to they, they got to show up. I mean, this is not just they're going to knock over you know, and everyone's going to tell them how great they are and this is going to yeah. be easy and they're going to get there and this is their national championship. They're going to put one of the another one of those banners and, and floorboards up on the wall in that unbelievable practice facility like no that they, they, they they've got to block all that noise out and stay focused because yes do i think that and everyone knows it yeah they are the favorite but this is not going to be no cakewalk I mean, it's it's not and they, they've got to that game versus miami they, they've got to perform they've got to block out all these distractions of hey you guys are the national champions don't worry nobody can beat them i'll say this i'll add this to you I can make I, I feel like I can make the argument that Miami's had a better run. And what I mean by that is they're four opponents. We got Drake, Indiana. And everyone had Drake beating them. Everybody had them. That was the that was the popular upset. And they was they were down, right? So we got Drake uh, uh Drake, Indiana, Houston, and Texas. Yep. Yep. Right and, and and considering they would considering they would pick to be an upset, I can. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, UConn's had a great run, right? But I wasn't surprised they beat Iona. I wasn't surprised yeah. they beat St. Mary. Now I was surprised at how they what they've done against Arkansas and Arkansas, Gonzaga. That was impressive yeah. to watch. But you can make the argument. So I don't think they're going to show up thinking that this is going to be a cakewalk because I better believe you look across there and, you, and when they are in that film room watching it. That team that I think that that they're playing, I think has a better resume of what they've done. It's equally as impressive, um, and how they've done it getting to this point right now. And Randolph, the question I then have for you is, what is it about Miami that makes them a different matchup to UConn than what UConn has previously seen in this tournament? I think the biggest thing Miami does, and I've been saying this to people all along, is they got so many guys that can attack you off the bounce. There is you can't focus on one or two guys, and no. and even even Norchad O'Meara is a center that I've seen them use late in games to come get the ball, so he can get fouled and go close games on the free throw line. Like who teams don't have that one through five, you're not going to play against a more diversified and skill set of guys that can all score, all do so many different things that's going to make it tough. And they're going to score. Like I said, you, you know, you don't want to play this team and, and have to try to keep them to 50 or 60 points. You're not, you're just, unless they're just off. And we saw them beat Drake and Isaiah Wong was awful. 
Mm. He didn't even score. He didn't score much. And then they came back and still won. They just got so many weapons. They got multiple guys to initiate the offense, break. I mean, when you look at the game against Texas, guys, Texas shot 50% from the floor and 40% from three. And they lost. And and they defended Miami till Miami limited them to two, to two made three-point field goals. If you go into your scouting report, I bet you right now, if Terry was here, Rodney Terry was here, and we said, hey, man, if I tell you right now, you're going to shoot 50% from the field, 40 from line, and hold Miami to two made threes. Yeah. He's probably like, man, we're blowing him out. And you Three lose. Yeah. That's how talented that group is. Yeah, great balance, you know, um, through their starting five. Bensley Joseph, you know, he plays 20 minutes a game, but he's a guard that just – he's a winner, and he's always been that way throughout his entire career. And, you know, th they don't do anything – completely complicated on offense they're not they're not trying to reinvent the wheel they're not trying to you know throw a thousand different actions out there and confuse you they just do what they do and they still get over 80 points a game i mean i, I mean that's that's the most impressive thing um so yeah i, I mean i i agree with rc just in terms of that too for uconn i mean they're, they're going to look over and, and look at the tournament run that this team's going to be on and coach hurley's going to have them focused no question about it but you know, then you look it over at the other side of the bracket and man, I mean, you've got an explosive offensive team and you've got one of the best defensive teams in yes. the country and whose style of play wins out. And everyone right. keeps yeah. waiting on FAU to lose. And again, I'm not trying to get on my FAU soapbox. I've talked about them enough, <laughs> you know, going back to November and December when they beat Florida, they kept going on this run. I'm like, watch out for this team, watch out for this team. But you know, what have they done? They just keep responding and everyone counted them out against Tennessee. And it was, Hey, look, playing against North Texas twice, beating North Texas twice has prepared them for this game. They've played against really good defensive this year. And that team is confident and they play with, they, they play like it. They play with a swagger. I mean, Elijah Martin and John L. Davis play with a swagger out there that, you know, I, it, you, you think about it. I mean, FAU had never won a tournament game. Right. Unbelievable. And they're two games away from winning a national championship. And if and they, they could. do it, they, they could. Exactly. And they could. There's <laughs> they no could. question about There's it. There's no question. Neither one it. of these teams are your typical, oh, mid-major mid, mid teams is coming. Now. They got depth. They got guard play. And they're going to the bench. Just like that. It's like we talked about with, even with UConn. You, you, if you focus so much on, you know, Adama Sanoga, then Klingon comes in and it's yeah. like, there's no drop off. They're tag team with you. And I think both of those teams do the same thing. When they tap out, they'll go to their bench. It's, it's just, it's a strength. It's not a weakness. Yeah. And here's the other thing too, RC, like that I think about in terms of this tournament, like, and I know Rob and Jeff, and you guys talked about it the other night, like, you know, the best Cinderella story, who went over the best run? Was it George Mason, you know, back in 2006? Was it, you know, VCU going from the first four to the final four. Here's the difference. Those tournaments were different from this tournament. Yes. And is this a historic run for FAU that could change their program? No question about it. I think the only difference is, is they have a legit shot to win it. And I think those other runs mm -hmm. that those teams went on, they didn't have a shot to win it once they got to this point. And this team does. And I think that's what's going to make this final four so much fun to watch. I'm actually glad that Miami and UConn is playing each other so that we know one of them will be in the championship game. Yeah. Because if yeah. Miami was on one side of the bracket and San Diego State was on another, then we it'd be all right, Miami-UConn would be the betting favorites to go in and kind of. So now 
we know one of those guys are going to be there, and I think it's great. That's right. Hey, coming up, we'll talk about each case for these teams to win a national championship. We'll take a deeper dive on what has made San Diego State the toughest of teams in this field, plus a conversation with Miami's front court master on the glass, just doing all the work for them down there, Norchad Omir, and what he was thinking coming off an injury heading into the NCAA tournament. It will surprise you. That's all ahead on Field of 68 After Dark on Sirius XM, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, a word from Underdog Fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can get a little extra sweat during March Madness and win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games. In Pick'em, all you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals, whether that's points, rebounds, whatever. For example, if you're like me and you think Zach Eady is going to go nuts in this tournament, pick higher on his points projection, add up to four more picks, and if you hit them all, you can win 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog's slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured it out. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, F-I-E-L-D, and Underdog will match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Now is the time to get in on the madness. So remember, underdogfantasy.com promo. It is the Field of 68 After Dark. We're presented by Bet Rivers. We're presented by Underdog Fantasy. We're presented by Vaulted. John Fanta, Randolph Childress, Matt McCall. And earlier tonight, we caught up with Miami standout Norchad Omir, who does so much for this Hurricanes team, which is Final Four bound at 29-7. and seven. Here's that conversation. He is the man who holds things down in the front court for the Miami Hurricanes. Final four bound for the first time in school history. And he's joining us on After Dark Now. It's Norchad Omir of Miami with us. And Norchad, has it sank in that you're dancing as one of four teams left in college basketball? I mean, I honestly, me personally, I don't try to think about it because, you know, just feeling good. I just try to enjoy the moment right now, you know, spend time with my teammates and, you know, get prepared for the game that is coming up. No, Chad, I got to ask you. Let's go back. ACC championship game. I thought all year long you guys were the best team in the ACC, in my opinion. Oh, right there. No, no question about it. When you rolled your ankle in the first few minutes of that game, did you think you'd be able to return for the tournament? So... Honestly, when that happened, I was really sad because I wanted to be out there helping my, my guys, you know. But then when it happened, all I said was like, whatever God wants, you know. If if I'm if I'm going to be ready for the tournament, let it be. But, you know, I went after that, I went home and I was in the treatment room probably 10 hour days. So, like, I really wanted to come out and help my brother. So I just did whatever I can to be out there and thanks God it happened. How do you feel now? I'm feeling great, thanks God. Well, that's great to hear. I'm curious about yesterday. When you're down by 13 points with 13 minutes left, what was going through your head? I mean, mean, nobody liked to be down in a game like that, that, you know, at this loser, that winner go home. So, like, you know, this is what we speak about every time. Like, you know, there is good times and bad times. And when it's bad times, you got to stick together. And I think that, the guys did that yesterday. Like 
we'd never give up. Like we were down, but you know, we every huddle we we came together. We was like, I mean, we down, but we gotta cut. We gotta cut this. We gotta make it shorter. So like, we just keep fighting. We stick together, and you know, we didn't we didn't surrender. As much as you're down in the game, watching that game. You guys were shooting well over 50%. In fact, at point at one point, over 60% from the floor. Like, even though you're down, Norchad, how much was, was it in your mind of like, hey, we might be losing right now, but the game was being played the way that you guys wanted it to be played? Yeah, man, the game was being played really fast, you know. I know Texas was is a really good team. And, like, I, did, I know they play fast, but, like, when the moment come and like the game start going on, I was like, damn, we we really going up and down. Like I was breathing hard. I was like, they play just like us. <laughs> the, the ball was moving. So like, you know, both both of the team was shooting good. They were getting a little bit more stops. That's why they were up. But like it was it was just so great. And you could check out that full conversation with Norchad on there after our show on the Field of 68 YouTube page, which by the way, folks. We will be live with you all throughout the week starting Wednesday evening from Houston on the ground with shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Randolph and Coach McCall and I, along with our great crew, Jeff Goodman, Terrence Oglesby, Rob Doster. Uh, Randolph, if it's anything like last year, we'll get to Monday. And oh. uh, I remember when we had 17 minutes left and Goodman looked at all of us and said, when is this going to end? His voice was shot, McCall. His voice was gone. Yeah, and he's bad. coming from Vegas. He's it was coming from Vegas now. I felt like Rob's voice the other night was a little bit shot on the show. Coming really? from Vegas. Yeah, I thought his voice was getting a little bit raspy. So we'll see how he shows up in Houston. How how he how's his voice doing once he gets there? He he'll struggle through the weekend. By the weekend time, he'll be struggling. Rob will be he'll be hurting on the weekend. <laughs> let's make no let's make make no qualms about it. Rob is about to be insufferable this week because oh. you know who's in the final four. Listen, oh, I yeah. sat beside him at the Big East tournament and he whooped my ass. I mean, his his you know, all the, you know, people just jump and they hit you and stuff. <laughs> Everything that happened, I'm like, yo. Calm down, man. I'm like, Calm man, let down. me go act walk, like you've been walk here to before. the concession okay? stand and like, give me something like to drink or something. Here. This Come dude on. has beat me up. <laughs> Un- Unbelievable. Uh, hey, we were just talking uh, while we were listening to that Norchad O'Meara conversation about Jim Laranaga. I mean, here this guy is at the age of 73, Elite Eight last year, a Final Four this year, 17 years ago to the day that he does it with George Mason. What does that tell you about his evolution? And and he gets his shot at Miami, and he's made the absolute most of it. And it hasn't come without obstacles, obstacles that, that prove to be uh, unnecessary and out of bounds, but still it's come with, with hurdles. Randolph, what have you made of coach Laranega and what he's been able to do with the Miami hurricanes? Well, it's impressive one, because he's, he's a hell of a coach and two, you know, Miami was considered, you know, just football and they didn't get great crowds, even with basketball at a certain point. And he's gotten that thing going. Uh, he's overcome the, the FBI, Sting and people don't realize that that program was rolling. I mean, they were rolling along, and then when you know FBI, you know, incident came along, they they struggled. I I think it cost them as much as anybody of those programs of where they were. If you go back and look at where they were at the time, I don't know if anybody struggled or, or fell off more than Miami did. And then that team just and he they're right back there. And 
credit to Coach L, man. He's one of the good guys in the business, really good guy, and just I'm just happy for him. I mean, I know people talk about the league in, in itself, but I'm really happy for him. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he he's the best. I mean, when you sat next to him recruiting, didn't matter if you had a University of Florida polo on, Chattanooga, yes. UMass, FA, yes. whatever it was, the stops <laughs> that I've been along the way, he would just talk your ear off. And he'd yeah. pick your brain and just want to talk, talk hoops, tell his story. And it's just so impressive. And like R.C. said, he's one of the good guys in this business. Here's the other thing, too, about Miami. Everyone knocks the transfer portal and how much it's changed college basketball. He's been taking transfers since he's been at Miami and taking good transfers. And it's always been kind of the staple of their program and a reason they've been able to be so successful. You know, now, obviously, they don't have to sit out. But you look at a guy like Jordan Miller transferred in from George Mason I mean, he is uh, – what a year he's had, what a performance he had the other night. But he's – Coach L, since he's been at Miami, that's what he's done. He's taken transfers, and they've had a lot of success. And like, you know, Fanta, you said, overcome obstacles, you know, the whole FBI deal, you know, the the fact that Coach L's still doing it at 73 years old and doing it at this level and having fun. I mean, you you look at the celebrations in a locker room like that stuff's not fake. That's not an act. That's Coach L having fun, and that's that's what makes him great. He is just a ball coach. Uh, that you know, you look at just South Florida in terms of basketball in general, and I, I don't think you know probably LeBron James coming to the Heat was the most fun that that the most exciting basketball in South Florida uh, has been. And now you got two programs in the final four. And oh, by the way, another one just won a national championship in division two in Nova Southeastern. So man, South Florida basketball, forget the heat right now. It's rolling. (laughs) Forget the heat. You know, he said this today at his media availability and it struck me. He goes, look, we've picked up transfers. He said, we were one of only nine. There's 363 programs in college basketball. He said, we were one of only nine that didn't have a kid transfer out last year. How about that? He's really gotten a mix of of players that's just words. That that really did strike me, Randolph Childress. Hey, man, it's hard to leave Miami. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, too. I don't care how old you are. If if you're 17 or 73, brother, it's hard to leave Miami. (laughs) I got to have a hell of a lot of reasons. To get out of Miami, boy, you got that bag better be serious. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> and, great. And, and to me, and I, I'll be I'm curious to get both your thoughts. Like all throughout yesterday's game, even when Texas goes up 13, I'm like, man, Texas is shooting the crap out of the ball. I mean, they could not miss for a period of time. And you're sitting there saying, is this gonna be the whole game? Which it could have been, or at any point are they gonna show a law? Because I'll tell you what, it's one of the rare times where a team was leading by 13 and they weren't playing their style of game. Miami controlled the way – it was a playground game from the start. And Randolph, that's that's kind of the likability factor with Laranega, in my opinion, is he lets his guys hoop. He yep. lets them do their thing. Yep. And they're the type of team – they have great recognition, right, of who that hot hand is. And they say, you know what, let's go to them. Give them the ball. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They got so many guys that can do it. I mean, that that's the difference. I mean, who do you who do you focus on? You you can focus, you, you can't focus on one guy. There's too many ways to initiate the offense. They're gonna they're gonna pick matchups 
and they're going to they attack you. I think the most underrated thing that they do, because everybody's watching and thinking that they're beating you from a three-point line, they're controlling the paint. They're just doing it off the dribble. Yeah. You, you, you know, they, they're not running all, like you said, they're not, they're not running these exotic sets. They just got so many guys that can beat you off the bounce. They are, they're a really good passing team. They got so many guys out there that's passing. They're unselfish. They're, the ball's popping. It's moving. And they're breaking you down off the dribble. And it's just fun to watch. If you watch those guys play, you really enjoy the game of basketball. And like RC said, too, like, listen, Isaiah Wong can have a bad game. He's the yep. ACC player of the year. And they still find ways to win. Yep. That's how unselfish they are. That's how they play. You know, I, I even got caught up in this as, as a young head coach. You know, man, we got to run all these different plays. We got to run all these set, different sets. No, let your players be players. Let them be players. Give them a couple concepts and let them go out there. Don't overcomplicate it. Let them go out there and execute the concepts that you have put in. And that's what Miami does. And that's why they're sitting where they are. I mean, they, you know, They've got an ACC championship in their back pocket, and they're they're in the Final Four and, and two wins away from a national championship for the first time in school history. Think about that too. Miami basketball being in the Final Four is the first time in school history. That's amazing. Three first time Final Four programs for the first time since 1970. 1970, 53 years have passed since we've had three of the four Final Four. But you brought up something that that really is intriguing, Coach. You just said, if you're a coach, don't overcomplicate. Let your players play. Let them use their skill set. How did you come to that realization of of kind of backing off a little bit and allowing your guys to to do that? Because I feel like you're not the only coach that's battled that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm playing in the Southern Conference Championship game. Billy Donovan called me before the game started and said, please don't overcomplicate this game. Your players are in this position for a reason. Let your players be players in this game. Don't try to draw a play every single time out. Execute what you have to execute. And um, I think that that's I think that's what one of the things that makes Miami so good. And I think that's one of the things that, that Coach L does such an unbelievable job of, of uh, is of doing that. Not that he can't do that. Not that he can't draw up complicated sets and do those types of things. But you don't have to, especially when you get to this point. You know, uh, I look at the freedom that FAU plays with on offense. I was getting ready to say they're, they're, the same they're, thing. they're, they're not reinventing the wheel. Nope. They're playing in transition. They're getting stops. They've got some concepts in there. They're unselfish. The ball moves. It hops around. And that's why they're sitting here in the final four as well. Don't overcomplicate it. Let those guys go out there. This is what have, has got them to that. Now, here's the other thing, too. You know, and, and Coach Donovan used to say this all the time, just in terms of once you get to the tournament, you can't be afraid to make a big change in a game to win the game, right? So maybe that's coming out of an under four timeout and you, you know, go one, three, one for two possessions just to catch the other team off guard. Like, like, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to, to be a little, you know, unconventional at certain points in the game during this tournament, but don't reinvent the wheel on offense. Let your guys go out there and make plays. You're watching some guys play with that. That's where the level of confidence comes from, from some of these guys. They know they're going to play. They know it's like, hey, just the, the rules are the rules. You pass, some are cutting weak side, they're cutting, or whatever their rules are. But it's nobody's – there's no new plays. Now, maybe these teams are throwing a play or two here and there. But when it, it meets the, the guts of the game coming in, they're going to go back to plays they've been running for all year long. 
And it, again, it's the stuff that's unscripted. It's the live ball turnovers. It's the offensive rebounds. It's the, when the play breaks down, who can go get me a bucket or who can go make a play? Yeah. And too, like you look at FAU, like yeah. Elijah Martin, you know, coming off a, a, a pin down and catching it one foot in front of the logo and having the confidence to rise up and shoot that basketball. Like that, I mean, that, that is, that's dangerous. I mean, a lot of kids don't shoot that shot at that point in time. That's the freedom that their coach has given them. And I, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, Hawkins, like UConn's the same way. I mean, that's, yes. that's why UConn's is, is sitting here as well. I mean, they play with just such tremendous confidence and freedom that their coach has given them. And that's, that's, man, that's, that is, it's awesome. This has been an exceptional coaching job by Dan Hurling. For his team to start the year 14-0, that shocked a lot of people. They were unranked. They were unranked. Look, they started the season not as the UConn that everybody's known, that everybody associates with now seeing them in the Final Four. This was not a group that came in as Big East favorite. All right? They weren't even picked in the top three of the Big East preseason poll. Think about that. Right. They weren't even picked in the top three. But what he has done, Randolph, is figure out certain things. When they went through the lull in Big East play, Andre Jackson was going through the lull. That is no more. I thought it was very candid from Hurley on Saturday night. He goes, yeah, that stuff where they try to play off Jackson and make him shoot, we figured that out. We fixed that by positionally putting him in advantageous spots. He has tallied 17 assists in the last two games. We, we talked about point guard play. Look, Tristan Newton's doing his thing, but they found a point guard ability in Andre Jackson in how he sets the table right now. Well, also when what he does too is that he's gotten his hands on some timely offensive rebounds and gotten active. And so now you can't just say, hey, sag off him and don't guard him anymore. Now he's making you have to guard him no matter where he is on the floor. And, and it's just opened everything up. Um it's going to be fun. I still think Newton's going to have to have a big presence. If they want to bring this home, you know, those two guys, Jackson and Newton, are going to have to provide stability because they're going to be in a close game. And if there's one knock that we have or one concern that we have against UConn all year long, it's been, all right, are we going to get consistency from the point guard spot? And, I, I you know, I'd find as good as they've been, I find it hard to believe that they're going to run double digits and, and run through this thing and all the way to the national championship and not be in a close game where one of those guys is going to have to get the ball and lead that team home. Is there a more productive guy in the NCAA tournament per minutes played than Donovan Klingon? Like, oh. like, like think about this. Like, think about this. <laughs> he plays 13 minutes per game. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to take yeah. Sonogo off the floor. Yeah, he gets in 13 minutes, he's getting seven points and six rebounds. Yeah. yeah. Like, but that's how you win. You you've got yeah. a guy that when Sonogo's in foul trouble, you know this guy is coming into the game and he's gonna be extremely productive. Doesn't matter. You don't miss a beat. As good as Sonogo is and as great as he's been all year. Man, you sub this guy into the game and it's there, there's no drop-off. There, there's no he's drop your off. elite. He's your elite sixth or seventh inning guy out of the bullpen. It's, it's unbelievable. Can empty, he can like empty Mariano the Rivera, man. Let's bring He's him the in. one Close guy. The I don't know if any team has 
they don't have that. Totally agree. No, no one on in these four teams have that backup big coming in capable of changing the game or enhancing the game for their team the way he does. I, yeah. I think the, the only guy the one you guy. could make an argument is is Rosado from FAU. I mean, he he was outstanding coming yes. in for Vlad Golden in the first two rounds. He, I mean, and, and Golden was unbelievable versus Kansas State, but he's probably the only guy, but he's not like your traditional front court no. player. You know what I mean? He's more of like that hybrid power right. forward that can come in the game. I mean, this guy's a traditional front court player that just comes in, only plays 13 minutes and yeah. gets seven and six. Like points and rebounds per minute play. There can't be anybody better in the NCAA tournament than this guy. Hey, while we have a minute, let's tell you about vaulted. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you want an argument that your takes weren't hot? They were actually right. Well, I've got an answer to your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends. Keep track of the results and prove you are, in fact, the smartest. Vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months. So download the app at the link below. Sign up for your three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever. Field 68 After Dark, if you're in the YouTube chat, feel free to send in questions. Producer Dagan will have them in the afters. I'm John Fanta. Coach McCall is here. Randolph Childress is here. We're presented by Bet Rivers, as always. So let's jump into FAU a little bit. Before we talk about the headliner uh, that Dusty May had in his postgame press conference, Coach McCall, you've talked quite a bit about this FAU team, 35-3. and It is nothing short of an amazing story. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why has this team gotten to a Final Four? Unselfishness. Sacrifice. Michael Forrest, lone senior on the team. Willingness to come off the bench. At one point in time this season, Elijah Martin and John L. Davis were both coming off the bench. They're two best players uh, that, that, that nobody's ever complained. And I, I've been around the program a bunch. I, I, I was at practice early in September and October, you know, just watching them. And you could just see that there was something special there. They beat Florida. And the next game, they played a dangerous Bryant team. And everyone was... And this is before people were coming to the games at FAU, too. I mean, they're playing – this is a lot of talk in terms of FAU. They're playing in a glorified high school gym. I mean, there's 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 gyms down here in South Florida 
high school gyms that are better than their arena. Twenty nine hundred people, um, an outdated scoreboard. I mean, all all different things that that you know you saw Dusty May highlight in that article that Matt Norlander wrote, um, and it didn't matter. They responded. They played that Bryant game after beating Florida, and they responded. They kept responding all year long. And when you can get that kind of momentum, when you can beat a University of Florida, and now all of a sudden there's belief. There's belief in your play. You beat University of Florida with Michael Forrest coming off the bench. At Florida. He, he buys into his role now, and everyone sees the senior buying into coming off the bench. And now, man, I, I better buy in too. And there's just there's so many different weapons on that team. Nick Boyd makes the shot, makes the layup, yeah. you know, to beat Memphis. I, I thought the two transition defensive clips, that clip versus Memphis, where they all sprinted back and everybody loaded to the ball, and it was five guys versus the ball, and John L. Davis ends up blocking the shot. That was textbook. That was textbook transition defense. Nobody celebrated. No one was high-fiving. They knew it was on to the next possession. It was on to the next possession. Very similar in the Kansas State game with how they guarded that last possession, right? I mean, to foul or not foul, up three. It's the like the biggest question in all every single coach's mind. Trust your players, let them go out. They executed that possession. That's they've been top 50 in offense all year long. They've been top 50 in defense all year long. They're unselfish. They sacrifice. Like, look at their staff. Like their, their staff is so connected. You know, they're they're just being around them. It's so impressive. Their staff, their team is an exact that their team exemplifies what their staff exemplifies. And that's how you win. That's how you win. When you have both that combination, your staff is a connected together unit. Your team's going to be a connected together unit. That's why they're sitting here in the final four. Not to mention they have talent and they have good players. Right. Right. It's true. And they're 11 and one Florida Atlantic is 11 and one in games decided by five points or less. Fantasy, they haven't point. lost since February 16th. It's unbelievable. And that was a two possession loss at middle Tennessee. who's a good team. <laughs> like it, they haven't lost since February 16th. It, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and it doesn't have to be John L Davis as much as he can be that guy. Yeah, you know, I, I look at what this past week brought. He was steady, but he didn't shoot the ball great against Tennessee. He went three for nine from the floor. He went zero for three from beyond the arc. That's but what you makes know what? him so good, John. I mean, yeah, Francis, is that it's just it's just different guy. Like you said, the unselfishness of the group. It's it's just a different guy. I mean, Golden's the only guy that started every game for this team all year long. There's just interchangeable. It's like I said, you know, when we talked about UConn. It's it's Sonogo comes out, Klingon goes in. With this group, it's just they just tag team each other. Hey, I'm coming out, you know. Go ahead, your turn. You got him. I'm, you know, it's it's almost like I'm playing as hard as I can, doing as much as I can. But the next TV timeout, then you come in, and then whoever has it going, we all agree you're playing better than me, uh, Matt. You you close the game out. Like they don't care who gets the credit. They just want to win, and it's it, it echoes throughout their team, and it's it's definitely one of the reasons why they're here. No question. I mean, even like a guy like Greenlee, the transfer from Minnesota, who's a Florida kid, played at the Rock in Gainesville. He makes big shots, timely shots. Not not all the time, like, does he get the quote-unquote credit or, you know, he's the guy that they're interviewing after the game, but he makes plays. Think about Jalen Gaffney, too, the transfer from UConn. Right. At one point in time. It's funny you say that. I thought the biggest thing in the Kansas State game, and I was sitting there, I was watching the game, 
where I got concerned with, and I felt like, all right, Florida Atlanta's going to win this game, was when when you go down the stretch, Kansas started saying, hey, we got to put this ball in, uh, what's the guard? I can't think of his name now. Um, point guard. Marquise Noel. Marquise Noel. Noel. Every time down, he had to make the play or the shot. Right. But FAU was just popping. It was just a. It was like one time he gets get. It was just Greenlee hits a shot. But everybody, it was a different guy. It was just the offense was generating their offense. Yes. And, yes. And I'm watching it just from a style like it did. It, they didn't. It wasn't just like, hey, we got to get a ball to Marquise Noel. Marquise, we're gonna run this ball screen. See if they switch it. Go make a play. They just kept and stayed within their system, and the ball popped, and it was just a different guy. And that's tough to deal with when you're in a game, let alone an overtime game or anything like that. I mean, Marquise Noel played his ass off when he wore he down, did. and this team just got so many different guys. And, and Brandon Weatherspoon hit the shot in the game. How yes. about that? And, and he's eighth on their scoring chart. Yeah, nobody talks and about him. Nobody talks about him. And to the people out there who are saying, well, now they got to face grown men in San Diego State. I'm sorry. They've already faced I'm grown sorry. men. They've already done that. Did, how much it. respect? How much respect did Kansas State garner in this tournament? How about Tennessee? Tennessee punked Duke. They were tougher than Duke and beat Duke soundly. Yeah. So Florida Atlantic, I will say this about them, and this might be an unpopular take. Enough with calling them a Cinderella. This team's won thirty-five out of thirty-eight games. Thirty-five. It like they're just a damn good basketball team. Damn great basketball team. They don't need no slipper in Houston. They don't. I would just ask the people in Boca Raton, you're playing at 609. I got a tweet on Saturday night saying, hey, <laughs> I got, I'm just telling you how it is. Somebody sent me a tweet and said, hey, my uncle's down in Boca Raton. He had to ask the bar to shift to the game in the last five minutes. They had a Wheel of Fortune contest going on no, at the bar. No, no, no. We're not doing that down here, fancy. <laughs> Come on, man. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Did you I need every... That? Did every you restaurant see that campus when they got every restaurant. Come on, all the Come Italian on. restaurants, whatever it may be. Turn the FAU game on down there in Boca Raton, 777 Glades Road. 777 Glades Road. Every Listen, every they, they every, surpassed every the toughness test in the state of Florida should have that game on. Okay, every single sports bar, everyone. But I agree, I'm with RC. They, hey, they, Matt, they you know why a lot of people are gonna be mad, Matt. Why is that? It's because they're in the Final Four with no facilities, no NIL money, and nobody on the outside wants to hear that because if they freaking win the natty with that, can you imagine walking into your athletic director saying, yo, I need money, and this team with no money and no facilities is Nobody in the wants to see Final it. Four? Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants too. to see that. Everyone's like, I, and oh, as much as I'm cheering for him, nobody wants to see it for that reason. There's all this money in Boca Raton, and why don't they have it? I like those, <laughs> those people. They, they, they have it. I was there. I was there three years. I coached there for three years, man. All those high dollar people down there are worried about <laughs> FAU basketball. And look at them now, man. Yeah. I, and what Dusty May has done, I, I mean, I love that feature. You brought it up, which which we got to transition to this here, okay? Uh, because we got about ten minutes left to our our serious audience, and so I, I got to ask you this: um, Dusty May at his post game press conference Saturday night, 
and he gets asked about the transfer portal, this and that, and he says, our guys are already getting recruited now. They're taking calls right now. Coach, what'd you think when you heard that? He's speaking the truth. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone doesn't want to, it's the elephant in the room. He's talking the truth. There is people that are hitting these players up right now. And it's not directly coming from coaches. Maybe it is, but it's maybe coming from RC said it earlier, agents, different people that are saying, Hey, come to this school and we'll give you this amount of money. You come to this school. And I think it speaks volumes to his culture. It speaks volumes to uh, the job that he's done because it's been happening. He can say it's been happening in the tournament. It's been happening all year, especially once these guys started performing at the level that they've been performing at all year, other schools are trying to poach him for him for money. And that's, he's just talking the truth. That's reality. Nobody wants to talk about reality anymore. That is reality. That is what's going on. And I think for them to be able to even block that out and still play the game at the way that they played and be as unselfish as they are and be in the final four, it speaks volume just to what he's created and the culture that he's created. Now, is he going to have to deal with it once the clock hits zero? No question about it. Every coach does, but he's speaking the truth. And I, I don't know what the answer is in terms of trying to fix that or, you know, uh, like, you know, rules, regulation, whatever it may be. I have no idea, but he's just speaking the truth. And I just think, again, that's a credit to him to be able to be open and honest in that situation and a credit to his culture in terms of they've been able to block that out and stay focused and put themselves in the final four. Hmm. It, it's it's the times we're in now. I mean, we, we can say what we want. It's not changing. It's not going anywhere. It's no different. And on top of that, you got to go portaling. You got to get in the portal and recruit. You got to host visits. You got to still recruit. You know, you can't sit here and, you know, you're not afforded the opportunity to say, hey, I want to wait. You know, it's 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 just that's the one thing about this this point that's going on right now is you got to grind. You got to still recruit as you're navigating this and thinking about next year. So it's coaching and you know, you're at this moment, but you still got to say, hey, you got other schools and, you know, that's done. They, they Their attention is on recruiting. And now when you're winning, you got to master both. So like you said, it's just a credit. To these coaches and staff to keep their guys focused on that, but they're in the locker room, guys. The runners, the agents, the 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 support staff, they're getting the people, whomever they are. But it's just part of the process now. Get used to it. All right, we're gonna do rapid fire here to to close out our our hour before the afters. So I've set the clock about two minutes and change. Big portal news here today. Most notably, Caleb Love. Entering the transfer portal from North Carolina. Severe Wheeler entering the transfer portal from Kentucky. And so he's on track. He'll have to sit out because this will be his third school. Randolph Childress, which transfer case, said two minutes on the clock, which transfer case to you is more interesting? Uh, I think it's Caleb Love. Uh, I think he'll go somewhere high major. Um, he's had, obviously, a level of success and and and. Rightfully so. He spearheaded that charge last year. I expect him to be at another high major school where I think Severe Willow will probably drop a notch unless he goes to more of a pressing up and down style. I think that just suits him. If not, I think he'll drop down a level. I, I'm I'm with RC. I, I think the story is is Caleb Love. Um, you know, 
there was something missing there this year. You could see there was a level of disconnect. Maybe this helps Hubert Davis in North Carolina going forward. Kind of, you know, there was just something that didn't sit well in that entire situation. You could see it. And maybe it helps Caleb Love with a fresh start. Maybe it helps Hubert Davis in North Carolina with a fresh start. I think that's a a much bigger story in terms of him leading, like RC said, just because of the run that they went on last year. I agree. I think Caleb Love in Carolina, as Jeff Goodman reported from Stadium, that uh, that look, Caleb Love and Carolina mutually agreed to this. Uh, sometimes a breakup is is what is necessary for both sides, and Caleb Love's going to get interest. He's going to get interest from within his own league, of course. He's going to get interest from the SEC. He'll get interest from you name it, Big 12, Big East, Big 10. I mean, he's going to end up somewhere. I'll be very curious to see where he, en- he ends up. All right, second rapid-fire question. As you're watching San Diego State Creighton, we got this from our YouTube chat. We have a bunch of people chiming in. Matt McCall. Right Don't ask wrong. me about the foul. Don't ask me about the foul. Right or wrong? <laughs> I mean, there was contact, you know, if if I'm on Creighton's end, and I have great respect for Coach McDermott and just the way he handled that, especially in the media after the game. Do I think you call that foul at that moment in the game? No. If I'm on his side, I can't believe that the foul was called. Uh, Did it have an impact on whether or not the guy made or missed the shot? I think that's too difficult to tell. Uh, As a coach, I'm upset with the call. Uh, Do I think there was contact? Yes. It's a foul. You shot two free throws. You don't like it. You don't have to like it. But it, it, it I think the biggest thing is right out in the open. They had to call it, whether you like it or you don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's. I think it's a pretty obvious call. You don't have to like. It. I don't think any of us like a game being decided on a whistle. I, I don't think anybody wants that. But you know, that's just a tough play to make. And he's trying to fight over his screen. It's a difficult thing. And you know, he put his hands on them, and it, they had to blow the whistle, whether you like it or you don't. I don't. I personally don't like fouls deciding games, but I understand they had to make the call. You can both say that it was a foul and that it was a horrible way to end what was an absolute battle of a game. Yes. Both can be true. We live in this world where on Twitter, you can only go one way. You know, I tweeted it was awful. Well, it was awful because of the way it ended. You just, your heart breaks because Nemhart's not trying to do that. It is what it is. What I would say is I talked with a couple of officials after the game and they said BS on the you treat every single play exclusively. There is a tone set within a game by an officiating crew to how it's going to be officiated, whether you want to hear it or not. They don't just go play by play. Referees are not robots. They let a lot go on in that Creighton San Diego State game that went uncalled then compared to what this was. By rule, it's a foul. I get why it was called, but but if it wasn't called a foul, we would be talking about it. Not at all. We would have no. said they went to overtime and who won the game. Both can be true. All right, we got one minute left. You two are our first two analysts of the week. In 10 to 15 seconds, I want to hear who you think your first gut. You don't even have to stay committed to it. Your first gut on who's going to cut down the nets next Monday night. Coach. I'm going UConn. I, I, I just think what the run that they've been on, uh, how they performed in this tournament, the adversity that they've gone on after getting off to a 14-0 start has prepared them for this moment. 
Coach Hurley, I'm, I'm not picking against those guys. Well, I am. I'm picking Miami since you're asking oh, me right now oh. today. I'm going to pick Miami. Um, that may change by the time we get there. Game time, I'm, I'm undecided yet. I got, but right now, I listen. I seriously, I, I made the, the the case early today. I like the if I'm taking the resume of the two, I like Miami's resume to where they've been right now. I've that. seen more out of them. I've seen them come from behind. I've seen them in multiple games so far in this tournament come from behind. Um, guard play, everything about it does it. I like them. I can't go against UConn, but I think FAU can beat San Diego State. That's my theory on that one um, because I just I love the way they've played. Hey, that does it for us. We're back tomorrow, 9 to 11. Then we're off to Houston on Wednesday. For Coach McCall, for Randolph Childress, I'm John Fanta. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's time for the afters. Dagan Hughes. Good evening, Dagan. What do you have? Hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. We, we didn't get Dagan's game. pick. We didn't get Dagan's pick. Yeah, yeah Dagan, who do you, who you think, got? Dagan? Who you got? <laughs> you guys are really gonna make me say this. I don't want. Yes. This, I don't want this to be clipped because <laughs> someone will do it. I mean, I, I'm have, I have UConn at the moment. Yeah, I mean, okay. It's pretty pretty simple, I think. Seton Hall is gonna disown me for saying that out loud. So Dagan, <laughs> Dagan, people don't don't randomly clip things from this show. No, they would never do such a thing. <laughs> they would never. <laughs> they would never. Speaking Not of here, no, never, never. Speaking of UConn, Jacob wants to know, is UConn the preseason number one favorite for next year? Oh, I don't Who know. Knows? Who knows? <laughs> we don't know that. Who knows? Yeah. We don't even know back. what this roster is going to look yeah, like. like. It, it won't be the same. No. Who knows? No, you can't. Yeah, that's, I... that's too difficult to answer right now. Nobody knows. Fair Nobody enough. Knows. Fair enough. All right, let me just go back. We were talking about announcers, so there's a bunch of announcer stuff in the chat. But I do want to ask, because one thing we didn't get to on the rundown, your thoughts on Ronnie Terry getting hired by Texas today. About as RC time. says, yes, it's about yeah. damn. <laughs> like what else? RC say about last week. in time. That, yeah, what that's what it's supposed to say. Interim. Yeah, like like damn. That's what you're supposed to say. You can quote that. Come on, man. That ain't <laughs> no breaking like, news. It's about that, that title it? should be about damn time. Let me, let me ask this. Let me ask why this. Why did you do it during the tournament? The, like, yeah, what was the. It was it was it his his tenure previously as a head coach. He's gotten better. He's grown. He took the they won a Big Twelve tournament. Like I don't understand what was the holdup. Are they the, were they waiting on Calipari to say no? We could have told him the Calipari was saying no a long time ago. I don't know what the holdup. <laughs> I was. wouldn't have cared if Cal said yes, man. Get that <laughs> man a job. Like what are we talking about here? <laughs> Come on. I also don't think I, I I don't mean to disparage here at all, but like I I why why not go with the guy who's been committed to your school for a long time? He had a previous long stint there. He gets the program, and don't tell me well he did it with with beards guys and you know it's 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 a different circumstance. No, if anything, it's a harder circumstance than most. That team could have gone off the tracks. Don't tell me. I hate when people are like, well, they were really experienced, so they put it in their own hands. You still need to have the right leader. No and he got, he got a lot out of that team. They, they could very well be standing. Do you know how ridiculous it would have looked had they gone to Houston and he still doesn't have the job? Guys, do you know how bad – we both know, well, all of us knows how bad this could have gone. And had this gone and them players running out in the portal while you searching for a damn head coach, your whole program, the whole perception of this thing – would be totally different, and we still be sitting here talking about what happened with Chris Beard there. 
Like you don't even yes. think about that anymore. Guys would have guys would have just said, I'm I'm just gonna I'm start out. getting ready for the draft. I'm out. Like I'm not doing this. Yeah. Totally agree. I just totally agree. Yeah. I, I don't get that. That that to me. My thought process is why didn't Chris Del Conte do it during the tournament, like before the Sweet 16? If I if I'm a player on that team, obviously they loved Rodney Terry, and I saw that news, I'd be ready to. Wouldn't that only help the momentum of everything happening? My problem is recruiting wise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you putting him behind the A ball, man. Get this over with, so you he can go out there and take advantage of this this ride doing the turn. All the got kids going in the portal, people hosting visits, and you can't do anything if you're an interim coach. I'm not going to visit your campus if you're an interim. I got to be honest with you too. Watching his press conference and how emotional he was, I, I felt like he thought he wasn't getting the job. Maybe that, that's how watching him. In that press conference, I was like, he's, "Man, I, I, I don't, th- I, I don't think he's getting the job." Like, I think wow. that's why he's. That's how I felt. I mean, maybe I'm totally right. wrong, but he I said, like, "I love them forever." Yeah, I, the I was like, "Man, I don't think he's. He must know something. Maybe he." But well, they something. obviously never told him anything, right? And yeah, and they were looking, and he's hearing like everybody else. You're trying to bury your head in the stand and say, you know, in the sand to stay focused on, on what they were doing. But come on, man. I mean, that was. That was tough for him, I would imagine. But I, I, I actually said I would hope that he take another job somewhere else. Yeah, I hope that he, I hope you know I was saying that like, listen, if you're gonna go this long and go, I mean, I wanted it to work out, and I'm glad it did in the end. But to make him wait that long is just it's ridiculous. All right, Megan, anything else? Yeah, next question from the chat: Of the four coaches remaining, if you had to pick one to start a program with, who are you picking? Dusty May. Dusty May, what, what he's done at that place, and it's a tough place to win. They had they've been to one tournament, hadn't won a conference regular season title since 2011. I'm picking Dusty May. And the, the way they play, he's he's gone portaling. He's taken junior college players. He's taken high school players. He has the good mix. He has balance and he has culture. I'm taking him. I'll tell you who I want to play for. It'd be Dusty May or Coach L. One of those two. I I I. I I would have loved to lace them up. <laughs> I would have loved to lace them up and play in their systems, buddy. I'm going to tell you that right now. No disrespect to the other programs, but, man, them two right there, they let you put that thing up. I would have fit in re- really good with them. <laughs> you know, it, it's. I think Dusty May's got to be the answer here. I do think it's interesting. Here's the ages of the head coaches in the Final Four. 46, Dusty May. 50, Dan Hurling. 62, 63, Brian Dutcher, and 73, Jim Laranega. Like, that's a – you've got a 27-year difference between youngest and oldest coach. How about that? In this Final Four. Unbelievable. I'll tell un- you what, though. It was pretty cool, and someone tweeted it the other night, the the whole Coach Hurley when he was like, better get us now. Better yep. get us now. And yep. to see the job that he did at Rhode Island – and how he built that, and now, you know, UConn is back, and he knew it, and he he knew all year that they were back too. It's hard to hard to, to discredit, and I'm not trying to discredit, but that is what he did at Rhode Island when he took that program over, where the program was, and now, 
to have UConn back at that level. And that's a, that's a different animal. That's a different animal yes, from Rhode is. Island. And there's expectations. There's national championship expectations. That's uh that's impressive. It's really My, impressive. The only negative thing about that though, is we got to deal with Rob Douster ass all <laughs> weekend, dude. Can you RC, It's already started. He's, it's already started. RC. Oh I, 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 my I God. I got to deal with this dude. Fancy, I'm not ready for that. I'm serious. I, think... I got to sneak a bottle. I got to go find a bottle with some cigars <laughs> or something. If I got to put up with, San, with fan, I mean, with, with Dalston, I need the stipulations I got to put in this, man. You're going to walk I'm, off. I'm not ready for this. At some point, you will walk off the set to take a break. You know I, may, I, may, I may wear an FAU shirt on Something. We got to do something. To combat this. I may it's do bad. that. I may do that. I may, I may go straight owls on set. Hmm. Dagan, can we find an owl costume? Oh, that's easy. I can I can find yeah. you one right now. <laughs> let's let's get that done. Let's get that. I want Goodman in a Miami. I want a U chain. Get Big the U chain. The yes. turnover chain. Yes. Yes. Turnover yes. Chain. yes. yes. Let's go. All right. We'll, the turnover we'll chain. The turnover chain. I love it. The on our chain. on our show this week, yes. it becomes the bad take chain. Yes. Bad, we'll if get you the have turnover a bad, chain. Yeah, Dagan, if you have a yeah. bad take, you put on the chain. We'll work on that. Yeah. We'll work and on you, that. And, and Fanta, like he did last year with his phone, he's going to get mad at his phone. Just... Uh, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I hope it doesn't, but it's going to happen. What <laughs> else you got, Dagan? Um, I just had one. Oh, thoughts on Tyrese Proctor. Proctor. Tyrese Proctor coming back. Good news. Yeah, big news for Duke. I mean, I, I really think Duke will be one of the best teams in the country next year. I, I know that there's still a level of, of unknown with all these teams, but the – like. Proctor was ready to be a at by the end of the season here to me he's, he would have had to been getting looks from NBA scouts and and somebody was going to draft him on the upside alone guys he was playing at an extremely high level by the end of the year he kept them in that Tennessee game his playmaking ability his some of his shots that he made they were at that level at that level so him coming back for John Shire tells me Shire's got the wheels rolling I mean, I, I, I don't think you'll see Duke do a first weekend exit again next season. I really don't. You'll see them deeper in the tournament. They're not losing much. Nope. Filipowski will probably go on a drive. I, I mean, Whitehead probably goes but should stay. And the rest of those guys, you know, Mitchell, Roach is still back. And now with the news of him, that's big. I think this, too, is is – negative as everyone has been on nil right i mean there's been negative things about nil and coaches are frustrated and how are we dealing with this this is one of the positives right so you're able to get guys like that to be able to come back to school but uh, which, quote unquote which, i don't know if he's allowed to get nil you know what i mean because he's a, he's australian right yeah so he won't he's, he can't get any okay yeah maybe you're right <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what O'Meara was telling us today, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's yeah. a good point. I'm that's with you, hey, Matt. I'm with you. I agree. I mean, it's it's just you know, I hear you. That's what they say. That's the rumors. That's the rumors. <laughs> hey, RC, what do you say? What do you say to the person out there? You know they exist, right? The guy that's driving his car, that's talking with some one of his buddies, and he's like, "Yeah, man." He's like, um. You know, let's go. 
let's go out on Saturday night. I have no interest in watching these games. Then you're an idiot. <laughs> is what I'm gonna say to him. You're you're yeah. you're an idiot. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, you're just a freaking idiot. These games have been great. I'm not buying into it because of the blue buzz on it. I'm not. And if you want to sit there and say, oh, because I don't know anybody there, you didn't know anybody on the other teams anyway. No question. So it doesn't matter. You know, no If you question. were following Duke, you just know that team anyway. No question. So kick rocks, man. I don't want to hear you're an idiot. That's no what I say to him. No question. Kick rocks. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I just I, – I think that, like – it's not like we have some team that even that went from first four to final four. Like the t- we've got a a four, two fives, and a nine. And a nine. And like we have we have three top five seeds still. Okay. Like we've got good teams. The this is a reflection of what we said all year. Every week, every single damn week, we'd come on on Sunday, Monday night. And I'd ask you fellas the question, who's the best team in the country? And every single week, the answer to the question changed. So now, where we are in the sport, nobody should be surprised at this. It should be embraced. I'm with you guys. I'm so tired of watching Alabama play every meaningful college football game. I'm excited to see something different. Will the football stadium be filled up to the brink? You know what? I know Saturday. I know Final Four Saturday draws it draws everybody around the area. They'll find a way to pack that place. It'll be awesome. Will Monday night be the same? We've showed up on Monday nights. We've seen unbelievable crowds. We've seen crowds that didn't fill the whole football stadium. But get out of here. If you're looking for reasons to put this down, then you then you really aren't about March Madness. Like you're gonna root for the upsets. You're gonna root for Furman. You're gonna root for Princeton. You're gonna root for FDU. But then you're not going to be interested in it when when some of these teams that maybe weren't at the top of your mind end up making it. I, I just I don't get that. Sometimes there's something to be said about the same old team making it being stale in the sport, being stale for years. The Warriors made the finals. I got to be honest. I got to the point where it was like, this is kind of boring for me. It just is. You know, I like to see something different. And for these schools. When out like this is the best advertisement Florida Atlantic University and San Diego State University are ever going to have. It's the best form of advertisement. I think it's awesome, and it shows you Greg Sankey and it shows you Conference Commissioner X. I, I'm I'm not trying to put you down personally, but I'm just being honest here. Forget your tournament reformatting. Forget your I only want the Power Conference schools to be in the tournament. That's a load of crap. leave basketball Seriously. alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave, leave this, basketball this alone. Totally this agree. is great. It is totally great. Agree. And we got what another else? year of it. It's going to be great. We got one more year of it because next year is, I think next year will be more, we, we won't be as surprising. I'm just going to look at my bracket and just pick the craziest damn upsets to start the tournament <laughs> next year. I don't even know. I don't even know where my bracket is. Um. Yeah, mine's gone. It's in space. Yeah. Uh. We have one from, let's see. Uh, hold on here. Here we go. Oh, King Ant. King Ant G. Mm-mm. Commented in and, and he says the ACC was terrible. <laughs> RC? <laughs> I got no comment to it. I mean, I, I, I'll i say this. I don't, I don't agree that it was terrible. 
Um, it's not as strong as it's been in in some years in the past, but I think it. I think the the play on it being terrible is a little overrated because I thought a lot of the other leagues were overrated. And we talk about the Big Twelve being the best league, but two other conferences got more teams in it than they did. So it, it, in some way, I, I that that's the part I just don't get. I, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think the league was as bad as everybody thought it was, and I think they'll point to games like Clemson and the uh, you know the NIT. But I can assure you sometimes when you're expecting to get into the NCAA tournament and you're right there at the end, guys just mentally just didn't want to play. They weren't, they didn't show up to play in that. And so that happens more times than you, than you think. Um, but no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy that narrative at all. This is a good one, coach. South Donald. Sorry, Dagan. Uh, I just. I all, all good, man. That's fine. Unless I got to talk to better. Sub Donald said. What games can FAU schedule in their non-conference off this run? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. I can assure you of that. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's but, but, but you to know play what, Matt? Now you have to though. If, if if I'm another team, if I'm another school now, I would rather play them than play some cupcake team because the loss won't hurt me anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's just now that they're going to the American, how many games are they going to be able to buy? Uh, you know, that, that, that they've not been a program historically that have bought games. They've had to play their own MTE there in their building. Um, but no, nah, it's it's going to be a battle. Scheduling next year is going to be a very, very challenging thing for them. Let's see what that roster looks like. Everybody's going to be watching. Like, who stayed? Yeah, exactly. Who did they keep? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 No question. What else, Dr. Hughes? Uh, let's see which coach, uh, it says excluding Calipari, but I'm keeping him in here is on the hottest seat next year. Mm. I hate um, the hot seat. I'm such a, I'm such an anti hot. seat. Yeah. I, 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 I won't put I'm such John, an anti. I'll handle that. I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd have to think. I mean, I, I don't think it's because it changes. Right. I mean, you know, going into this year, like Pitt was one of those teams and look at the year that they've had. Right. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I can't think of a place right now. There's changes going on right now. I mean, that'd be a whole nother topic of conversations, but I can't imagine. Uh, I don't even think, I don't know if anything sticks out right now. I mean, Calipari has a lifetime contract. I mean, I'm not like, even, yeah, on, that's like, ridiculous. Let's not, let's I, I don't even care about, about that. that. Yeah. 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 I, that, that, that's, I'm not going to, I wasn't even going to say them anyway. Um, Nobody Look, there's pressure right on certain there's pressure on certain people to win. Um, you know, but I'm not gonna label it at like there's gonna be pressure on Carolina to win. Now, will they have another season like this one? Probably not. Uh they'll they'll probably find their way back in the NCAA tournament. I'm certainly not gonna But the guy that. was in a final he was in a natty nat a year ago. It, it, but it, that's not the world we live in. Oh no 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 no. I, I agree to that. Now we got every idiot with an opinion can sit here and go, yeah, like, yeah, they should fire his ass. He should be out of here next year. We work, work, it's Carolina. He should be like every coach right now is going to sign up for a national championship run and not make the tournament the following year. Like they are. Like, what are we, what are we talking about here? I, I'm sorry. Dagan, Dagan, how many hours are we on this week? Like in and around. Oh. So we have 11 shows, two hours for, yeah. hold on. Let me Plus see. afters. Hold on. Yeah. Wednesday to yeah. two. Four on Thursday, four on Friday, four on Sunday. So 
we're looking twenty some hours. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's call a spade a spade. At some point, it is going to be great when somebody drop. And I I know who the offenders are. When somebody drops a take that just sends you both into Mars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to the Goodman hot seat in, in uh, on one of these episodes. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my god. I can't, I'm so <laughs> I better, excited. I better be sober. I'm so excited. I better be sober, Jeff. I'm telling you, he better not catch me after a couple in me. Twenty um, good minutes. We, I, I've, I already told Dagan this. I have one mandate: fifteen to twenty minute segment. That's on Memphis uh, because I just need to. I need oh, to see don't, all that. No, play. don't, don't, don't. I, I need don't. to see all that. Play. No, no. That's what I was yeah. thinking. I can't think of anybody. I, you know what, the hot seat thing. I mean, like, you know, Clemson. There's pressure on him to win. Uh, that we've known that I don't think like off the top of my head right now, you know, like now, now Chris Holtman will have pressure here to bounce back next year at Ohio state. That's understandable. Um, Michigan, same thing. I mean, he, you know, he's got to be able to have a bounce back year of some sort, but honestly, there's been so much coaching changes in the last year, meaning like last off season and here now this off season, Honestly, there's not a lot of hot seat talk because there's been so many changes now. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. You mentioned that. I, I was sitting here trying to go down and think think through some of the leagues. They're open now. I mean, and the ones, yeah. you know, you know, will uh, – it's just, it's just a matter – yeah, it's just a matter of bouncing back. I don't think it's a matter of saying – Exactly. You can make the case, yeah, like Kentucky's going to – I mean, what's a bounce back year? They're going to – make the tournament wow. next year they're going to get kids i mean they got a good class um the only thing i can think of right now is like i said we talked about clemson and again they just need to close the deal at the end of the year they had a hell of a year they yep. just didn't finish down the stretch and it cost them so well they need to bounce back of course but i i can't go into it last year we felt like there was a bunch of teams i don't know if there's that's the case right now no honestly i mean that georgetown's filled they get cooley to to me, what's a bigger St. John's is filled. To me, the bigger topic is is retirement watch. You know, like like the hot seat, throw that out. Like re- retirement watch. You know, I, I'm these, wondering more of who's like gonna, Tom Izzo. Like you know, th- these guys. Like where where are they at in their careers? How much longer are they doing it? They got right. to carry him out. I love him. I'm sorry. I know he's different. I know he's old school. I'm loving Izzo. So I I, I hope they have to carry him out of there. But no, I, I mean, it's he he doesn't seem to change or feel the need to change what he's doing, no. where so many of the legends have already gone. Like I, I think it's more of a fair conversation to be is with all the changes and some of the newer guys. How does it look? Like even how is Syracuse going to look with Red next year? Yeah, are they going to be in a traditional traditional zone? Is he going to go man? Like right. what is that going to look like? You know, so. Hmm. More of the replacement of, of programs, and and let's be honest, all the dominoes aren't hadn't fallen yet. Yeah, they're all still out there, so we'll have to see. I have one final question for you guys, and then we'll do our toast and get out of here. Do you think the Big East was underrated coming into the tournament this year? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think. I think the league. That's a, that's one for Fanta. I don't think it was it was overrated at all. 
it, wait, somebody underrated. said oh, underrated. 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 I don't think no. it was underrated. underrated. I think no. I think everybody thought that here's the thing. Marquette bowed out in the first weekend of the tournament. Everybody thought they could be a final four team. So if anything, they got overrated. Uh, Creighton, we all thought that they could be good enough to make a final four. They came one game away. It took them some time to figure it out. They went through a six-game losing streak. But how many teams that go through a six-game skid still get a top six seed in the NCAA tournament at a power conference level? Uh, UConn was not underrated. UConn, I mean, maybe they were, maybe they should have been up a seed line. But frankly, they went, they lost six to eight games in conference play. So they got seeded where they got seeded. Xavier wasn't underranked. In fact, Xavier, Xavier was a three seed. Xavier got a great draw in the NCAA tournament, and Providence was Providence. Uh, the Big East didn't get underrated. They, no. they you not said it was five teams, right? We said there was no, five teams all along that we knew were. The argument we were making was there was five teams that were as good as any five teams in any conference. Yeah. So I don't know how they were underrated. No, properly rated, and and in a in a really good place going into next year. The Big East could have seven teams make the NCAA tournament next year. You think Rick Pitino's going to miss it? You think Ed no. Cooley's going to be down at Georgetown? Like, the Big East has had the best three weeks of any league the last three weeks. They upgraded significantly at two of their biggest jobs. Uh, Kim English is a quality hire at Providence. And, frankly, UConn making the Final Four, putting them back on the pedestal. The Big East has had a great march. Yeah, let's see what these dominoes do. I think there's gonna be, it's still going to be a lot of movement. All right, toast of the night. Toast of the night. Coach McCall. I'm going to start, uh, and I'm going to toast you, Fanta, coming off the red eye from Vegas to have the energy that you had this evening. We're at 12.23 a.m. right now. You haven't missed a beat. That red eye can be tough. Now we got to jump on the airplane and go down to Houston. Can't wait to be with you guys live. Excited about that. I'm going to toast you, man. Great job tonight. Fresh off that red eye. Toast to you. Coach McCall, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Randolph Childress, thank well, you. I'm coach. toasting to everybody for the field of 68. They got to put up with Rob shit for the <laughs> next four or five days until UConn either wins it or they go down. Either way. It would be effing unbearable to be around this dude for a couple of days like this. I do not look forward to it. But again, I got enough guys that I can that's gonna keep my cup full. So I don't have to deal with him but so much. So <laughs> to all of us that have to deal with Rob over the next couple of days. Oh, that's good. That's good. You know what? Um think about this here. I'm gonna toast. Brian Dutcher. And I'm going to toast Brian Dutcher because um, we've talked about all these coaches. We talked about Coach May and the job he's done. We talked about Danny Hurley and the job he's done. We've talked a lot about Coach Larinaga. All rightfully so. All rightfully so. But I, I think we'll dive more into the Aztecs and what they've built. But over the last 24 to 30 hours, all I've heard about is how San Diego State plays this ugly style of basketball and how and this and that and how it's not very watchable. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to toast Brian Dutcher because he waited for his turn. He was Steve Fisher's right-hand man, 
and he's gotten his turn at San Diego State. He's been an Aztec for a long, long time. And I find it very cool that he's the guy at 63 years of age. You work your entire life. Coach McCall, you know this. You work your entire life to get an opportunity like this. And every time I've watched him on camera, I've taken away one thing. He makes it about his players. His answers are real short. He's not the most media savvy guy, but he's just a nice down-to-earth guy. So a toast to you, Coach Dutcher, because you're a lifer in this, and at 63 you get to live out a dream. I'm very happy for you. I got this Dunkin' Donuts drank coffee. I don't have any. Oh, that's else what's keeping you up. There. Yeah, that's yeah. why you that's, that's why. Yeah, that know. really should okay. have been the toast. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That and 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 a toast to Dagan Hughes and Trevor Valise, but Dagan all weekend in Vegas. I don't know how he did it, but he just does it and forges on. And uh Dagan, cheers to you because frankly, you're gonna need it. Thanks, Fancy. I appreciate that. I, I also don't know how I do it, if you want my Hey, Houston's is going to be easy for you, man, hanging out in, in Vegas all week, man. I know you didn't sleep there. That's that's true. But again, I got to deal with those three even more this week, guys. That's true. You know, that's It was already true. bad. It was already bad there in Vegas. Let alone here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks. We'll be back with you in hmm, about 22 and a half hours with another version of After Dark, and then we are en route to Houston, where we'll be live 6 to 8 on Wednesday night. Programming info, a chance to meet up with us. Yeah, we'll have some live studio audience opportunities for you to come by, share a beer, tell Rob and Jeff why they're wrong, tell us why we're right, and we'll have a great old time down in Texas. Don't forget your cowboy hats, boys. We'll see you in Houston in a couple days. This is For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.